Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 24 of Genesis chapter 8. We're going to begin reading in verse 16. Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. I'll stop reading there. Now in our uh, last study we were discussing verse 17 and the spiritual dimension uh, wherein God is speaking Yes, to the animals, pointing to the new creation, which would, again, in all probability, include a variety of new creatures. But also, God was speaking to Noah and his family, to those that were God's elect. As God's elect enter into the promised land and were sent forth, we come to life like Lazarus. It's the time of the resurrection. We have new spiritual bodies. We're equipped to live forever. And as far as I know, there's nothing in the Bible to indicate there will be procreation. There will be, um, as there has been in this world, where uh, a man uh, joins together with a woman and God blesses them with children in their marriage relationship. Actually, the Bible tells us in the Gospels, um, uh, let's take a look in Matthew 22, and we'll start reading in verse 23. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So there is a bit of insight, uh, some information that God is giving us regarding the resurrection and what we can expect 
in the day of resurrection, and we know uh, Jesus said, I will raise him up at the last day. So the resurrection is the last day of this world's existence. God destroys the world. He resurrects the dead. He raises to life um, his elect. The elect that were alive and remaining on the earth are raptured shortly thereafter. All go to be with the Lord now equipped with new resurrected spiritual bodies. And from that point into eternity future, there is no marriage. There, There's no giving of marriage. But they, those that possess these new resurrected spiritual bodies, are like the angels in heaven. Because... Angelic beings do not marry. We, we don't read about that anywhere in the Bible. They, they do not produce offspring. As far as we know, we don't read about that anywhere in the Bible. And the angels, spirit beings, they, they live and, and they, uh, perform their duties of being ministers to the heirs of salvation, to God's elect, and they do so in perfect happiness and bliss. They're, they're, they don't feel like they're lacking or missing anything, and neither will God's people who enter into this uh, glorified state. Uh, there will be marriage with God's elect, who are the bride, and God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our focus will be on him. It will not be on other um, elect, on, on other creatures, but our central focus, the main focus of God's people will be on God. We, we will uh, be perfectly content. Uh, uh, there's no doubt about that. We, we will have um absolute joy and and everything the bible tells us there will be wonderful peace and and we will not feel for a second we're missing anything in any actual remembrance remember of life in this world where there is marriage and children and things like that is gone from us it 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 does not come into mind and so we will be new creatures, and right actually with these new relationships, this new system of interpersonal relationships, the the new social unit for the new heaven and new earth will be God and his people. It, it will not be pairing off and now used to go over here and get married and and try to be happy together and have children and used to over there and used to over there. There will not be separation and division into family units. No, the, those are things that uh, come along with this world. They are not to be found from what we can read in the next world, which means that we will not reproduce. We will we will not have offspring in that sense, and so. Is there going to be fruitfulness and multiplication of God's elect? Or, uh, no, there there won't be 
children, but is it possible for God's elect to be fruitful and to multiply in some other way other than bearing children and raising children? And the answer the Bible gives is yes. Let's take a look at a few verses. First, in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5, verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, or aforetime, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So there is fruit of the Spirit that that God's people can be fruitful. And, and it's true in this world for one of God's people, as well as in the world to come, in the new earth. We can be fruitful here in uh, regards to the fruit of the Spirit. Remember what it says in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And, you know, we could, and, and some people do to varying degrees, abound in love or joy or peace in this life where where someone is experiencing the fruit of the Spirit, and of course, the Bible has to define each one of those things, but there can be an abounding blessing as God's Spirit dwells within us. Because we're saved, the Spirit of God is within, and that Spirit produces, it, it causes uh, changes to occur within the individual, within the one that God has saved, and these changes will result in showing forth fruit that was not there before in their old nature when when they were uh, unsaved and, and a child of wrath even as others. And so fruitfulness can uh, be seen in God's people while we live in this world, but notice this interesting statement in First Peter chapter one and in verse two: "Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied." So you see, we. We have these um, these words in Genesis 8, in verse 17, be fruitful, multiply, uh, the an increase. Uh, and we, we know that they relate uh, on a physical level. We can understand them on a physical level. We can understand them spiritually. Um, as far as salvation is concerned, there's a fruitfulness and a multiplication of God's salvation program as it was operating in the world in the day of salvation over the course of history, but also 
the Bible speaks of what God has done in saving a sinner, in resurrecting their soul, and regarding his indwelling spirit uh, now within that person, of a fruitfulness that will result, and there can be multiplication of fruits. Peace is a fruit. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Uh, You know, grace, as we understand it, is God, um, for by grace are ye saved. So it's by God's grace that he's forgiven us our sins. And, And we have a certain number of sins. God has forgiven them. And it, it's beyond um, compare. It, it's just a tremendous degree of grace that he has bestowed upon us. Yet it would seem to be a, a, a finite number or a limited number or a limited amount of grace because we will have committed so many sins and every one of those sins was paid for by Christ at the foundation of the world, and therefore grace for all those sins is, in a way, measured. It's very calculated. How can grace be multiplied in us? Same with peace. Christ is our peace. Christ pays the penalty for the sins of his people, thus making peace between us and God and and uh, removing the enmity, as the Bible tells us. But how can peace be multiplied in us, in our lives? And the way it's multiplied is through knowledge, through an understanding. It's not that our sins are even more forgiven or or more grace is showed to them, or more peace of God is extended to us. No, but we are able to grow and to multiply in grace and peace as we come to learn and understand and grow in knowledge of, well, um, our sinful nature, just how desperately wicked we are, and of God's matchless, marvelous, wonderful grace. We, we learn of the degree, the, uh, just, just enormous forgiveness that He has granted us, that, that He has paid for all of our sins and they're all gone from us as we continue on day by day. Some days we don't notice it, but for someone who's truly saved, if they go a year or five years or several years into their Christian life, there's a growing appreciation, a growing respect and, and honor given to God for what he has done, a growing understanding of uh, the multitude of sins that charity has covered uh, in our case. And, and so... All these things relate, and of course, in the new heaven, in the new earth, when we are equipped with new resurrected bodies, and and we are just um, granted 
uh, untold, unimaginable blessings, uh, uh, rich, abundant, eternal blessings that are are given to us, and we are experiencing them. We, we are coming to realize these things through first-hand knowledge. Really, uh, we could say we're at that point we're coming to know Jehovah, to know He is our God, to know uh, He is true, and to know He is faithful, to know through experience all these things. Just like uh, no man knows the day or hour, the word know points to experiencing it. Well, likewise, there are scriptures where God speaks of his salvation program. And he, in referring to the elect, he, he says they will know he is Jehovah through the experience of it. And so we will experience just unspeakable things if the Apostle Paul could not speak of a temporal quick visit into the heavens, well, how could we uh, speak of the glories that are going to shortly come upon us as as we enter into, uh, and uh, it becomes a reality, this new heaven and new earth, we will grow, we will be fruitful in body and soul, it's all the fruit of the Spirit. There, there will be this growing peace and grace and all, all the uh, meekness and gentleness and kindness and goodness, all the things there's no law against. There will be a growing and a multiplication of it, an increasing of it, as our knowledge, the, the experience finally of receiving the wonderful gift of God's salvation in its completed form or in its completed way as as we will then have been perfected. Salvation will have been completed in body and soul. Over in Second Peter chapter 1, it says in verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you, very similar to 1 Peter 1-2, except here God's going to tell us the manner in which grace and peace are multiplied. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That's how grace and peace and, and all the fruit of the Spirit can increase. That we, we can experience more of it through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. And so, when we see, um, as we're reading here in Genesis eight seventeen, they're coming off the ark. And, and it's really at the point of entering into this uh, new earth. And, and, and God's people, the, the, the animals, it, it, as we've discussed, it means one thing for them pointing to the new creation, but for God's elect, that they may breed abundantly or increase abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And how 
much fruit of the Spirit will the people of God experience? Will they enjoy? Will, will they come to know the, the, all those things we read about? And, and we hear there's no law against them, but, uh, people don't normally, uh, produce them or do those things or think those things, uh, because we're in our flesh and, and, uh, the fallen nature and, and the, the curse upon the creation and, and so forth. And so we see them just a little here, a little there to varying degrees, but in this coming new promised land, there will be increase, an incredible increase in the fruit of the Spirit. There will be an abounding in it, a waxing more and more. Like we read in this world, evil men wax worse and worse. Just just think of the multiplication the increased amount of evil in the world. Is there any end? Is there any limit? Is there any boundary to the depths of depravity that man can think, that man can speak, that man can do? And we maybe used to think there were, but we've come to realize, no, the depravity of man seems to be bottomless. He just keeps going lower and lower and lower. And we look around and we we see evil and sin and iniquity. And we have a lot of words for uh, uh, rebelling against God because it, it's very common to us. We see it all over the world, wherever we look. Well, now imagine it's a new world. It's a new earth. And sin no longer exists. There, There is no iniquity. There is no evil. As far as anyone committing it, anyone speaking it, thinking it, or doing it, it's all gone. It's all been destroyed. It's all been wiped away. And so now, when we consider that new earth, that new heaven and new earth, the multiplication the increase of uh, what will fill that place will not be wickedness. It will not be sinful deeds and actions and thoughts. It will be goodness. And it will be uh, things of peace and love and grace and, and all that is lawful and right and just you see how that will fill the earth. God's people will uh, bring multiplication of the fruit of the Spirit, and and that will increase forever and ever and ever. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.